And now, it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Thank you, Dude Walker. Yes, indeed, I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. My guest today is Kathy Mason of Mason Works Marketing and the host of the Conscious Business Owned Podcast. Kathy Mason, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Frank. Very excited that you're here, Kathy. We're going to talk today about conscious business, which I will admit I didn't know was a thing. Uh Now, there's a famous person in the news recently these days who might say, you know, a lot of people don't know that. And uh, when they just discover that there's something they didn't know was going on, I don't think that's quite the case. I think there's a lot of people who know about conscious business, but I was not among them. So I found out when you interviewed me about my online course, How to Hire and Keep Great People, that I might actually be a conscious business person already, and I, and I just didn't know it. So I want to start with a definition of conscious business that I found on Wikipedia, and okay. then I'm going to pepper you with questions about okay. what all this means to a real-life business person like yourself. So let okay. me start with that. On Wikipedia, I found this. Conscious business is, where is it? Conscious business, conscious businesses subscribe to a triple bottom line model of success. They aim to provide positive value in the domains of people, planet, and profit. So what I take that to mean, and then I will ask you for your take on it, is that not only are they looking to generate profit and value for their company and themselves, but they also want their business and their business activities to generate value for other people and the planet. Does that sound right? What, what's your take on what conscious business is, Kathy? Well, I, I, you had already let me know that you were going to ask me this question. So I started to wonder about it because I have a varied description about it depending on (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it that's great at least it's not like a baby coming in on a walker (laughs) depending on um actually who i'm speaking with because a lot of businesses already understand the principle which is very much like the indigenous people um if you look at the american indians they always said to make decisions that when when you made your decision, it would affect seven generations. Oh, wow. And when you look at life through the, that way to make decisions, you look at a whole different way of dealing with people. Um, you look at your employees as customers, internal customers, and your external customers as partners. So it's a pretty different way of looking at business where it's a, um, instead of a hierarchical model, which is a traditional business model, where the CEO's at the top, a lot of conscious businesses are a circle. And Mm. because everyone has input and everyone has value. I believe that that's the way society is going, that right now we're seeing the apex of change that's going to be prominent in this new decade Mm -hmm. that we're in. 
It's already started where the predominance will not be on greed and corporate structure. It's going to be on contribution and collaboration. And I think our education system is going to change, our monetary system. The whole thing is, is in flux right now. Mm-hmm. And I think conscious business is going to be something that you assume people are doing. <laughs> Rather than being surprised when you All see right. it. Right. Well, that, uh, that certainly seems like we're going that direction and that may be the case one day. But, you know, you have a lot of old white guys like myself who just heard about this. And uh, and a lot of other people, I'm sure, as well, or even people who may have heard of it, but think it's, you know, a lot of hoo-ha that they really don't want to get involved with. So I think one descriptive or or instructive way that we can move forward with this conversation is for me to sort of play devil's advocate about it. Now, as I mentioned, I found out I'm actually completely in favor of what I've learned about it so far. But Mm -hmm. the way I was trained in business school and the things that I've seen over time are antithetical to this and, oh, okay. uh, and of course, have not always worked so well. So let me start at a very fundamental level. When I was in business school, one of the things we were taught is that the object, the objective of the corporation is to maximize profits. Right. And what right. you're talking about here sounds expensive. It sounds like, you know, I'm not going to be able to dump my wastewater in the river and, you know, I'm going to have to be buy fair trade supplies and and I'm going to have to, you know, deal legitimately with all of my clients and employees. How in the world am I going to make a living? How am I going to make a profit under these conditions, Kathy? Okay, so I I do understand the question, but I think the question really is how do you want to live? Oh, I wow, what a great be- answer that was. I believe that the future holds uh, a different paradigm of education and um, engagement with others. The way we want to live is we want to live in harmony with nature and with others. We want a a peaceful world to leave our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And what we've got right now is business is war. And... I don't believe that that's what's going to survive in the next decade. I, I think we're not very far away from things totally restructuring. And part of that's going to happen because of the free energy that is going to be available. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Thrive 2 that's out, no. but I highly recommend you look at that. Um, what's happening is that there's all sorts of technology that's going to, instead of the AI fear that it's going to take over and cyborgs are going <laughs> to control your life, AI is actually going to be an equalizer. And what you're seeing right now with the with what's happening with um, the lockdown is we're seeing these people that are online speaking up, coming up with brilliant new ideas. And because of the availability of online marketing and online visibility, their voice can be heard and shared. So I I think we're in brand new times where conscious businesses will be the norm. Um, One of the things I want you to know about is that when this first came to me, it was about 10 years ago, I was doing a marketing 
plan for humanities team, which has over 70,000 members worldwide. It's a group that was started by Neil Donald Walsh, the author of Conversations with God, and is um, headed by Steve Farrell. And he had asked me to do their marketing plan. And it took over a year, I went to Greece, went to Portugal with them. And we came up with a plan that included conscious business as a part of a, um, a way to trans transform the earth. And business is the ideal way to create these new systems because business um, touches everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. So they actually, on their website, they have a conscious business declaration. You can sign it. It's in... I don't know, five languages. Um, there's also magazines now called Conscious Business Magazines that are now online. So I think you're going to see, um, even though Conscious Business Zone may be new to you, there's mm -hmm. a whole sector of people. Now, the other thing in the 80s, I think late 80s, early 90s, there was a book that was um, written, and I'm going to, I don't know that I'm going to remember the author's name, but it was about cultural creatives. Have you heard of that? Cultural no. creatives. Okay, so this book, it's it's like a doorstop. It's this wide, it's red cover. Um, cultural creatives are a new marketing uh, category, I guess, um, that is not your standard demographic category. The standard demographic is by how many kids you have, how much income you make, what, um, what, whether you have a house or not, what kind of car you drive, all of those things which show your interests and your preferences. What cultural creatives did is they started a new way to um, identify interests, which is what social media has done so well. That's what one of the benefits of marketing on Facebook is the interest side. What cultural creatives have done is said that people are passionate about their interests. And what you're seeing is cultural creatives mostly are conscious business oriented. And it's a huge part of the population. It's growing every year. I, I, I'm sorry I don't remember the author's name because right. I'm bad about it because he deserves a lot well, of credit. I, you've done a great job of painting the, the big picture and, you know, making it clear that I'm way behind the curve on this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, but in any event, what I, what I kind of want to dig down to, though, is what does it mean on a day-to-day -day basis for a business owner that's watching or listening to us right now. Um, and, and, you know, I break down business operations in a variety of areas, but one that I'm sure everybody would agree is a, is a critical success area is managing people. Mm -hmm. What? How does conscious business impact hiring and managing people? Okay. Well, I think what... Um the best way for you to understand the technique or the systems to use for conscious business is to think of team. And mm. uh, I, for the past 20 years in corporate America, team has been the model for getting anything done. It's been the model where there might be a team lead, but most of the people on the team are all at the same level. 
And in, in fact, you could actually do a circle and put the leader in the center and then everyone else is at the same level rather than a pyramid again. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that model and then you just expand it into these different areas of the corporate model, you'll see that when people have meetings and everyone has to come to the meeting with, with what they promised to perform on and they have to come the next week with that same list and explain how far they got along, got on the list, and it, the whole team is depending on that performance. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing than someone just gave me something and I'm a victim of that boss. <laughs> this is, this is a, about being empowered and really involved in what you do and care and passionate. That's why I brought up the cultural creatives. I mean, this is a whole different way of being vibrantly alive and excited about what you do rather than feel like you're forced, you know, got the golden handcuffs. Right. Well, and also then requires the manager to show trust and respect uh, or whoever's in the center of the circle. I don't know what we're going to call that person. And that's something that I talked about in, in my course and also other guests that I've had on. And that's kind of a whole new way of thinking. Uh, you know, the, the standard X style of management is the beatings will continue until morale improves. That's pretty much gone the way of the dodo bird. But it's still a lot of people, especially uh, smaller business owners, who default to that because they really don't know what else to do. But, uh, you know, you made me think of something. Have you uh, – I read a book once called Delivering Happiness – by oh. Tony Shea, the, the, not the founder, but longtime CEO of Zappos. Are you familiar with uh, Zappos' hiring and management approach? I'm not, I, I don't know that much about him, except that they are definitely a conscious business. Yes. And yes. Uh, they do a couple of interesting things, like much like you talked about. They eliminated virtually all of the hierarchy. There's not really an organizational chart. If there is, it's all horizontal, as you mentioned. And they do another very interesting thing is after, uh, you know, there's always a, a rub during the onboarding process with a new employee. Are they, you know, after 90 days, are they a productive member? Are they, you know, do they get it? Is the energy flowing the right way? And what they do at Zappos, or they did that he described in the book, is after 90 days, they offer the employee $3,000 to quit. And if they don't quit, if they love the job so much and they feel so plugged in that they would turn down $3,000, they're a keeper. And um, so as uh, you might, that's something you might be interested. It's unfortunate. Tony Shea recently uh, had a tragic death. But um, I'll tell you, that book was very influential to me. Yes. Well, let's talk well, about another type, uh, another angle of business and how this might impact it. You run a marketing agency. Mason Works Marketing. So you know a lot about it. And I happen to know that you're quite competitive, which, uh, you know, some one part of me sort of feels like, well, you know, what do you say? You you enjoy the game and you love to win. Yeah. And uh, so somehow that sort of seems to run counter to what we're talking about. But obviously it doesn't because you're so sincere. How does conscious business or how does a conscious business market their wares? Well, in most cases, the aspect <laughs> that I enjoy is helping people see their path. 
Um, mm -hmm. Just like anyone who does branding or specialization, a lot of times the people that come to me um, are very good at what they do, but they may not know how to communicate what they do or how to self-actualize it, how to bring it into form, how to create um, products and services that are ideal for their client or build a passive income stream with online courses. So for the past 20 years, I've been working with companies and some are large corporations. I've worked with telecom, I've worked with all sorts of different companies. But right now, most of the people I'm working with are people that want to get online and really have a huge message. They have a compelling offer and a huge message and a thing and their offering will actually help seven generations from now. Hmm. And so I, when I say I want to win, I want to win for them. I'm not really in com competition with anyone but myself which probably sounds strange, but um, that's, that's the way I look at it is that my job is to help them brand, figure out their strategy and, and, and really be self-aware of what their huge gift is and how to share it. And then the implementation part, and then, so I have three parts, the strategy implementation and, publici and publicist slash publishing um, mm -hmm. divisions. So, and they all kind of feed into each other. Not everyone wants to write a book, but almost everyone that I work with is, they're remarkable leaders and teachers. They're remarkable change mm -hmm. agents. So, you know, it's funny that you just said that because my next question was going to be, if we choose to go the conscious business path, are we going uh -huh. to find that we're attracting different clients than we had been previously. I mean, it sounds as though you're so clear about what you do and who you help and, and who you're looking for as a client that there's an energy to that and people are attracted to you. Is that a fair statement? Uh, yeah, it's magnetism. That's, that's what the intent is, is that like attracts like and resonance. So I believe that in these times of change, people are looking for leaders they can trust and that will guide them to uh, the, new, the new paradigm that we're building right now. And there's so much flux right now that by connecting by your um, resonance, if you want to call it that, and, it, and um, oh, resonance and values is mm. going to be the difference. Uh, you know, you're going to see huge changes, honestly, in the next 10 year, in this 10 year period. And people, it's going to be more about trust than hmm. anything. You know, I think uh, I could not agree with you more about the change. And we've seen so much change in the last 10 years, and it seems to be accelerating. And it appears as though the COVID uh, coronavirus pandemic has accelerated a lot of changes that were already happening, like people no longer commuting to work at an office building and instead working from home, and a lot of other things that are happening, some of which are really causing a lot of pain for a lot of people. Um, I heard something many years ago that it's always the transition part that's the most painful. 
uh, of change. It's not so much on the one side of the transition or once you get to the other side of the transition. It's when you're right in the middle of it, the mess of it, um, where the most pain is. I once heard it expressed that you've got to go through the red hot to get back to the cool blue. What, how can someone use conscious business principles to help them not only survive through this transitionary period, but thrive? Perfect question. Thank you for this question. Focus on your customer. Focus on the gift that you offer. What I suggest, highly suggest, is that you use an avatar, avatar sheet which will identify your ideal client. And usually on the avatar sheets that um, I've seen or that we use in our process, on the right-hand side, you have goals, dreams, desires, and then at the bottom of the page, you'll have challenges, frustrations, needs. These are for your client, your ideal for client. Your client. Mm-hmm. And if you focus on fulfilling that right-hand side that you stand up and if you have a solution that could help your ideal client uh, reduce their frustration, reduce their pain in any way, if you put all your effort into that, you will succeed. It's Hmm. so easy to publish a book now, to publish a PDF online, to do um, Facebook live shows like mine. It's so easy. You just have to know that your service, your service is gonna make a difference and have that as a reward. It's not really, money comes later, but mm-hmm. the, you're, not, you're not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for money. This is, this is for helping the greater good. Now, you, you just mentioned avatar sheet. I have, I have two questions for you about that. You told us what's on the right side of the sheet. What's on the left side of the sheet? Okay. Okay. On the left side of the sheet, uh, sheet is uh, the I, – I actually ask my customers to be very specific about who they're talking to. A lot of people will say, well, I want to work with a woman. Let's call her Marge. And she's 45 <laughs> 55 and and she's got this or that so so i i painstakingly ask them to please please pick one because when you're in communication on your website or in any of your social media activities you can really only talk to one person at that time so you want to get marge you better figure out if marge is 50 years old and (laughs) then Right below that information is also what all her interests are. So that would be whether she's a Sierra Club member, what blog she might read, what um, what travel information she follows, whether she's well, how she eats. So it's it's more about her lifestyle preferences and what um, what information she consumes. So that's all on the left-hand side. It's so profiling the person, the perfect customer, your ideal customer on the left-hand side. And on the right-hand side is what are their challenges? What is it that they desire and dream of that there's blocked to that you might be able to serve them with? That's great. Now, is that something, a sheet like that, something we could get from your website or where can we find that? 
Uh, I guess I could make it available. I usually use it in my mindful marketing magnetism uh, one-on-one group. Is it something um, maybe we I, could just run a Google search on and find? Oh, uh, you probably could, but probably not as good of one. So maybe I, um, if you'd like, I'd be glad to figure out a way to get your audience. What I was just thinking is, uh, you know, I've been uh, posting up your URL and I will do so, some more. That people could just, okay. do you have a contact us or a contact me page there? Sure. Yeah. Great. And yeah. they could just write in and ask you for that. Would that be all right? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Or at Kathy at MasonWorksMarketing.com. Be happy to share the avatar. Right. Uh, she, but, now, you, but you have to, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of these simple tools that whenever I do a marketing plan, people go, oh, I've done that before. Oh, I already know that. But it's so valuable. Have you done it, Frank? Yes, I have a very specific avatar, uh, but I've only done the right side of the sheet. Uh, oh, and so okay. I think that's, you know, I learned something very important from you just and very valuable. Um I want to talk a little bit about your the clothing business that you had. You're in Boulder, Colorado. And, right. uh, you know, when you and I were talking about my course, I was talking about that uh, managers and business owners need to trust and respect and also realize that the people working for them are that people, not employees. And they have lives outside of work. And it's important for you to engage with the whole person. You told me about a couple of things that you did. Uh, and that you had low turnover and some really quality people that stick stuck with you. Can you speak to that yeah. for a couple of minutes? Yes. Um, I owned a clothing store called The Bugle, which I had for 16 years in downtown Boulder. I was on a bunch of board of directors and everything. So so it it was an amazing experience. I worked there for five years and then bought it from the previous owner. And every day I was at that store, I used to say, if this was my store, I'd do this and that and the next thing. <laughs> and then it ended up I was able to buy it. By the second, the first year I bought it, we tripled the business. Wow. The second year we, we went from 250000 to 750 thousand wow. and then the second year we went to a million and we were doing the same numbers as Nordstrom per square foot in our in our That's space awesome. I had 10 employees including a full-time tailor <laughs> and um, and it was a fairly small square footage so having that many people some were part-timers but most of them were full-timers in a small space was really interesting what, uh, what we did inside of the business that helped it grow so much is there was a lot of coaching and mentoring to the employees. The, each employee had a monthly, it wasn't a quota, it was a kind of a game they could play because mm. in a clothing store, people want to earn extra clothing. They, they, they <laughs> want money, but they want they want the money to buy extra clothes. So what we did is we set it up so that they could, if they beat their own numbers, they could get more clothes for free on us. I can see where that would be a really strong incentive. It was fun. 
It was fun. The other thing is the people I got were just amazing. There was just such such a lucky, I, I want to say lucky, but I guess it was it was inspired by somehow. Um, the the people that we got liked to play with each other and help each other. So mm -hmm. if like for instance, if someone came in and they were grumpy, we would play a game of to see if we could turn them around and make them happy by the time they left. Or if one person was having trouble uh, selling, uh, we sold suits. We sold men and ladies suits. I was the first woman in the U.S. to own a haberdashery, own a men's clothing. That's great. Um, back in the 70s, late 70s, um, 80, early 80s. So anyway, the, what we would do is we kind of play games to, to help each other. The other thing we did was for the customers, we had a thing called the Executive Club, which was fashioned after Frequent Flyer Club. Okay. And that got to a million because we kept track of everything that people had bought and were able to tell them when something new came in that would work with what they already, their preferences. Or um, in some cases, if they they needed new blue shirts or white shirts um, since it was men, traditional men's and traditional women's clothing. Um, there are a lot of IBM corporate type people that we were addressing. So yeah, now those people are working from home. But That's right. Been, yeah, I imagine that's a tough business to be in right now. Well, I'm not sure that people understand the quality um, that, that we were offering now. Mm -hmm. they well, I just mean then, if people don't need to dress up, then they don't right. need to buy any new clothes. But I don't, well, I don't want to go too much farther down the rabbit hole on that one. Uh, from here up. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. So they, your sales are cut in half. Uh, uh, although I guess jackets are more expensive than slacks. Um, right. But, you know, I wanted to uh, reiterate something you just said, which is if I can tie two loose strings together – you implemented this conscious business approach and you literally quadrupled the sales of the company in two years. So I would answer my own question by saying, well, it appears as though it can have a beneficial effect on your business. <laughs> and I've seen other companies where they have so much turnover with the staff because they're both really poor at hiring. They don't onboard, they don't train, they don't mentor like you talked about. They don't make it fun at work. They don't try to build a team. And as a result, that is what really costs them money. And it sounds as though, if I can put words in your mouth, that this is actually a better way all the way around for a business owner to operate because it's less stress on them and it actually is going to be more successful. Does that sound like something you might say? Yes. Uh, the other thing I would like to add to what you're saying is that the clarity of values when you are very clear on your values and what values you want your company to to show, to demonstrate, to hold dear, and you attract other people to help you implement those values and products and services, then you have the recipe for success. If you hire people that do not have the same values, they can't, they won't stay. You'll have a lot of turnover. Mm. Yeah, that's important. Well, yeah. Kathy, we're just about out of time. Is there, uh, first off, let me ask you, what's the best way if somebody's been watching 
and they want to talk to you about your marketing services or they want to connect with your podcast or they just want to ask you more about conscious business, what's the best way for them to try to connect with you? Well, I would say either on, well, I'm, I'm on most of the social media sites. I, I am very active on Facebook. So if you face it, Facebook messenger me is one mm -hmm. way. Emailing me at Kathy at MasonWorksMarketing.com is another way. Going to MasonWorksMarketing.com is another way. But I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on um, YouTube. So I, so I, I think they'll be able to find me and I'm happy to help. I, I think that this is really an exciting time rather than a scary time. And I'm hoping to be not Pollyanna, but optimistic for people to find something that they really care about to, to work with. Um, this is a time for a lot of People are starting small businesses with their own skills. And um, the, it's wide open if you, well, Frank, you could speak to that with if people need want to teach and teach online, you could speak to a lot to that, to the sure. success and the, the credibility of that. Well, and I, I try to speak about that whenever I can. And you certainly gave me the opportunity to on your podcast. Before we go, Kathy, is there some question I have not asked you or some point that you'd like to share before we go? Well, I would love for people to start to think about their choices. And conscious choices is really what I believe is the path that we are all going on. We are not victims of mm what's happening right now, we can make conscious choices and make a better life for ourselves, our families, and our world. And so I just want to encourage all of you to start looking at your choices, looking at where you feel victimized, and see what you can do to change that. Kathy Mason, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Frank. This is great. Happy holidays. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks again to Kathy. And thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Frank Felker saying, I'll see you on the radio. Happily serving as your ladle in the punch bowl of profit. Here's Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker.